0: If you want to attract great value, then you need to be a valuable person. Spending a little time each day trying to smooth out life's path for someone else, whether through connecting or some other way, will compound up over time and return value back to you tenfold. Today's guest is Pablo Gonzalez. Pablo's whole worldview and business philosophy can easily be summed up by the Zig Ziglar quote, you can have anything you want in life if you just help another people get what they want. Before I jump into the interview, I want to share a couple of things. The first one is that the podcast has had a small name change. It was the Digital Marketing Entrepreneur Show, which never really quite sat right with me because the podcast's never really been about that. It's now the Personal Brand Entrepreneur Show. And I think that's really what's at the heart of the show. Ordinary people, Playing bigger. Now, it's not a big deal for anybody, but it's a big deal for me. I'm really pleased with the name change. It really makes everything much clearer for me about what this podcast is about. So, I hope you will agree that ordinary people playing bigger is a great thing. Secondly, I want to start bringing in some audience participation. I want to bring you into the show. I want your questions and your comments. So, if you head over to any of the podcast pages on my website, or you can just hit the questions link in the show notes. You can go to my website and record a question for me right there on the page, so simple. And if you do, I will maybe play your question on the show and the guests and I will start discussing some of them. I love this idea and I would be thrilled if you recorded something for me, but keep it clean. Well, you don't have to keep it clean but it makes it easy for me, it's one less click. I don't have to click the explicit box. So, hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the Personal Brand Entrepreneur Show. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, take a second right now to subscribe. That way you won't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders and you'll be taken right there. Now, we all know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business, accounts, meetings, and never ending inbox. That's why, again, I've teamed up with Agora Pulse to give you five hours back every week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. There's no complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs, simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to social.agorapulse.com forward slash amplify, and you will get two months free. Now, all you have to do is figure out how to spend those spare five hours. And I tell you, I'm using it now, and I honestly cry a little bit when I think of all the time I have been wasting. It's such a time saver. So welcome along, and let's meet Pablo. So this week, I'm really excited to welcome Pablo Gonzalez to the show. Pablo's like the alter ego of Bob, which you'll be discover quite soon. So Pablo, for people who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, I'm already jealous, and what you do.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I love this. Uh, I love that we identified that we are each other's alter ego, yet we completely are down the same vein, just opposite sides of the coin. And I, I think it's wonderful, man. Bob, I'm in I'm in Florida. Right, I know that. I know that it's your favorite place. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the, the, the northeast part, like right before you get to Georgia. I grew up in Miami. I'm a typical Miamian. And what is it? What do I do, Bob? I'm I'm obsessed with human relationships. And right now, I believe that we have the ability to have more relationships than we've ever had before. And by that, I mean you've probably wished somebody a happy birthday that you haven't seen in 20 years in the last couple of weeks, and that has never been an option. And it's because of these digital mediums that we have to create relationships. And I think the world has really gotten used to that idea from a personal standpoint, but business hasn't caught up. I think our culture on a personal level is digital, and our business culture is still lagging behind and it's old school. And I fundamentally believe that most businesses Are relationship businesses so if you're not thinking about this as a way to growth how you scale your relationships based on these new digital mediums then you're simply being inefficient or ineffective in the vision that you are painting for your business's future so if you were to ask me what i do I'm, i'm i'm in marketing right like i i design and execute content creation plans that allow businesses to scale their relationships and lead to business growth. But I I really am obsessed with this idea of scaling relationships and 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 moving towards this future where we are rapidly automating, right? Like we are rapidly becoming this like society where, I can tell you how much I love your glasses. And in 45 minutes, there's going to be a Facebook ad that is selling me glasses that look like what you're wearing. That's only going to get, (laughs) that's only going to get bigger, right? Like that's only going to get better or worse, however you, however you want to see that. And the only way that you are going to solve for churn, that you're going to keep clients engaged with you, keep your employees inside of your company, that, that you're going to keep people in your circle when they're going to have unlimited options for whatever they want. And they're going to be offered to them immediately the moment that they care about it is by leaning into relationships and creating a community around you cuz you can switch products, you can switch service providers, but you know, you don't switch friends as easily.
0: I think what's really interesting listening to you and there's a couple of places I could go with that is different businesses discover opportunity in different ways. And a lot of the people I speak to, in fact, I'll rewind a little bit. Opportunity can come to us through one of four main paths. It comes as the, a as the result of our advertising activities, no matter how you do it. People see your ads, they go, that looks kinda cool, he looks kinda cool, she looks kinda cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect there. Or they can come because they've discovered some of your content somewhere. Or they can come because you jumped out in front of them and said, this is who I am, this is what I do. Outbound sales activity. Or they can come through referrals from your network. And what's often surprised me because this is the Digital Marketing Entrepreneur Show. And I speak to a lot of people who run their businesses predominantly online. So consultants, coaches, people like that. People that you would think the majority of their business comes through ads or content creation, when actually a lot of their real opportunity comes through relationships. And I guess where I'm going with this is what I've found across the board is most businesses, they have a mix of those four. But a lot of those they have systems for. They have systems for the ads, they have systems for content creation, they have systems for outbound sales activity, but they don't have systems for relationships. And what you said about most businesses are still looking at this in a very old school way is a lot of the time because the systems available still look at it in an old school way. And what I mean by that is CRM systems. Most CRM systems look at people as data points and opportunities rather than relationships. And I remember looking back, and this is a very long-winded bit of content, from me. I don't talk that much on the podcast, but most of my business used to come through referrals. It still does, kind of. And you take the average person. We know people like you and I, business acquaintances, we probably have a, f- a couple of thousand. The average person in the average business, probably 800. How do you keep track of 800 relation- relationships in a meaningful way if you don't have a system? So I'm, I'm keen on your reflection on that from a systems perspective. How do you maintain and nurture relationships across that diverse a contact base.
1: Yeah, Bob, I, I think you're. I think you're dead on, man. So everything that I've learned, you know, I said marketing and marketer last, right? Because I've I've just recently started just accepting the fact that I'm in marketing these days. Everything that I've learned, and everything that I'm executing on, comes from lessons learned in creating volunteer groups for nonprofit organizations, and the lessons that I learned in doing that is the fact that the most influential people in society, the most connected people in society are the people that serve on these nonprofit boards. And they got there by being of service to other people, right? By, by being that person that takes a meeting, understands what you're about, what your superpowers, they ask great questions, they listen, and then they go and say, who can I introduce you to? that can enable you in your mission, in your journey? How can I add value to your life? And that, Bob, you know, we we talked about it right before the podcast, right? Like, I am an extreme extrovert, but you notice that I'm an extrovert that listens. That was a completely learned behavior for me, right? I learned that in my early 30s um, when I started getting into these groups of people and started realizing that the way that you build relationships isn't my... Up until I turned thirty, my Ace Ventura shtick and being the funny guy in the room—it's—it's <laughs> it's how I can be the most valuable person in the room, right? So, so then I started looking around and thinking, what are the systems that these people create? First of all, very, very easy to notice that the tangible benefit is the idea that when people are coming to you based on these warm referrals, based on these like really qualified recommendations. They are much easier to do business with, right? Like at the end of the day, if we're looking at this from a business perspective, the reason why so much business comes from referrals is because that's the easiest close. If somebody that you really trust is telling me that I need to go do business with Bob, then when I take a call with Bob, you know, I'm not I'm not in there with all these guards up and 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 thinking about, man, do I really trust this guy? Do I like this guy? Is it for me? Yeah. Right? It's more like I get there and it's. Is it for me, <laughs> right? Um, you you you're able to get over the 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 like and no part of it, right? And 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 that's what I started delineating. So when you have a system for relationships, you know it's one thing it's one thing to keep track of what's going on, but it's another thing you got to think about how you can be adding value at scale. And you and I have essentially come to the same conclusion that it's content, right? Like if you can, if you can figure out a content strategy that allows you to be adding value to people, that's going to put you ahead of the pack, right? Now, if you take another step up and it's not just what value you have to offer to people and you treat it as how can I be introducing people to each other at scale so that you're not just adding your own value, but you're adding the value of everybody in your network around you to everybody else in your network around you, then you're hitting this scaling tipping point of that value exchange. And what I realized at one point is that it all has to do with a stage and how you use a stage, right? Like the way that you take it from one-to-one to to -to one-to-many comes from the leverage of using a stage because you need somewhere to go one-to-many. And on top of that, the stage, has this psychological effect on your brain where if you're seeing somebody on stage and you're in the audience, you're automatically attributing extra value to it, right? And when I say a stage, I mean the physical stage in front of you at a conference, just like I mean a television, just like I mean, hey, if I've seen you show up enough times in my Instagram feed and it's your face talking to me, that screen also serves as a stage the same way that if I read your book for eight hours, that's a stage, I'm consuming you as a stage, right? So it's just like, understanding of the the value and the practical use of applying the psychology of the stage across as much as you can. And then it's really just about how do you figure out a way to understand the value of the people around you so that you can then communicate it at scale on these stages.
0: I love that answer. And it really leads me very neatly to my next question, which for a lot of people, I think is quite difficult that you do a thing, you do a thing for money that a lot of other people kind of do as well. And one of the barriers when you come to write a book or people invite you to speak, or you think, okay, I'm going to go in deep on Instagram or YouTube or any of these platforms or stages, who are you showing up as? One of the things that I've sort of heard you speak about before, and we spoke a little bit about before we were recording was this, it concept of category design. Who are you showing up as? And how would you advise anybody who's at this point where they want to be clearly known as the guy who does the thing and the thing that they love most, not one of the 10 things they could do. How would you advise them to work through that? I know for a lot of people it's maybe easy. For a lot of people it's really not. I think if you're going to write a book, for example, it's a big investment of time. If you're going to be promoting this book, you're going to be known for this thing. So how do you decide what that's going to be?
1: I, I don't think it's easy for a lot of people, right? Like, I think this is a very <laughs> human question. And, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before the show. You're going to find that out through iteration, man. Like, you're you're going to find that out through feedback. You're going to find it out by showing up, communicating it, understanding how it lands. Now, to me, the tactic of how you deliver it is just as important, right? Like, like at some point, you know, you're going to have to spend some time trying to figure out what am I really, really good at that I love to do. Then you're going to, once you figure that out, you need to figure out how can I use this for service, right? Like how can I, how can I use this superpower for the benefit of other people? When it comes to my story, I've always been good at making friends. I've always been good at walking into a room and gathering people around me and being able to command attention. It wasn't until I was in those rooms in the, you know, in the nonprofit boards that I got involved with that I started realizing this isn't about me showing up into a room and showcasing my value. It's how can i start using this to serve other people how can i how can i use this thing to make other people feel likable and that they can command attention right so so that is the mindset shift that you have to go into is going into service and then from the category design standpoint i would recommend somebody to focus on what is the problem that they're solving and not market themselves as a solution but market themselves as the person that most cares about this problem and the better you get. So once you're going into that iteration mode of like, all right, this is what I love doing. This is how I want to go serve people with it. Start. Don't start talking about like, Hey man, I want to be a speaker about this. Be, Hey man, I want to figure out how people can get over this problem. I want to figure out how, you know, businesses, can learn that being relationship-driven is the long-term solution, right? Like I wanna figure out how to scale relationships, not like I'm the relationship scaling guy. Because the better you get at asking those questions and the better you get at defining that problem that you're trying to solve, the more people are going to assume that you have the best answer. And the reason it works really, really well for a guy like me is because I've never been, I've, I've always called myself a world-class opener and a mediocre closer, right? Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm great at opening the conversation. I'm not like, I care so much about the relationship that I'm never trying to talk you into something that you don't want to auto-select for yourself. And if what you are phrasing it is, is this like co-enlisting mission, like it's, hey, Bob, do you care about people being able to make more relationships at scale? Yes. All right, let's solve this thing together, right? Like this is, you know, what is what is the what is the problem here? Like how can we define this problem the best way possible? And to me, that's that's at the heart of category design, right? Like they say that, you know, brand is about yourself, right? Like when you're branding yourself, you're just like thinking about like how do I show up? When you are when you're going the category design route. It's like, how do you identify the problem? It's really more about the customer when you're going the category design route. It's like, how, how how is this a problem for you? Let's ask the right question and then you can enroll people in a mission of trying to figure out how to find that answer and you can be the guide.
0: I love that. I think identifying the problem seems really simple, but it can often take you in the wrong direction. And I think the compass needle really for me was be the person that most cares about this problem. I love that because that's really what's going to attract people is, yeah, there's lots of people who will take my money. This guy really, really, really wants to help. And that will shine like a beacon. I love that. I think something that you mentioned a couple of times now is building relationships at scale. And really when, when we're talking about the internet, we're talking about content and I'm curious to know, what's your content journey look like? What does that look like for you?
1: Are you asking me kind of how I got into content or are you asking me what my like formula for building relationships at scale is? I'm happy to give both.
0: (laughs) Um, I guess cutting a lot of the flim flam out, really we're talking about video content because video content, I guess, is the content that creates real connection uh, in a way that other content doesn't really. So I'm I'm probably a good example. I'm a perfectionist. And this is a real problem, it's a real barrier. So if something doesn't look perfect to me, I instinctively don't want to put it out. And that held me back for a long, long, long time. Now I just have to accept, done is better than perfect. But not everybody experiences the world like that. And I'm curious to know, when you're putting out content, what are your barriers as, as an extrovert? What what do you get anxious about from a content perspective? These days, <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, no. Listen, man, these days I don't, I, I'm not, not much because I've been doing it for so long, right? Like, I I can't say I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing it so often. (laughs) Right. Mm. Um, I had the same exact issues, right, Bob? Like, like, I think I, I don't think that that's an introvert extrovert thing. I think we're, I think we're conditioned to look at content. Like we look at TV, like we look at press, like we look at all these different things that are a completely different context. And people think that when they put out a piece that they're going to put out, that it's going to be this thing that they get judged by forever because they only get to do so many of these but content really is an infinite source these days based on the distribution methods that we have so i really believe in this concept that i learned from one of the one of my partners in business these guys called the biz bros the two two brothers called Luis and Luis that have a an, an awesome content marketing agency that they focus on repurposing. They came up with this concept called the minimum viable content, right? Like what is, what is the minimum viable thing that you can put out that allows you to put out your content without overthinking it and look at it as a feedback mechanism, right? So they, right now they're doing this thing that I'm a part of that is, they call it the 45 live, man. So, you go, if you tell yourself, I'm going to go live on Facebook for the next 45 days in a row, and I'm going to talk about the stuff that I just care about. And again, approach it from a category standpoint, approach it from caring about a problem that you want to speak about. Um, and it works better. Right. But like, if you, if you just tell yourself, I'm going to go live on Facebook a certain amount of days in a row, I've done it for 30, I've done it for 45 at a time, that will provide you that iterative state where number one, when you go live, you completely take away that friction of perfectionism, right? Like as long as you're going live, you know that somebody already saw it. You're letting that thing breathe. When you are in that perfectionist kind of headspace, you are really your own judge and jury. And you're not, you're only going to grow so much, right? Like, like if, if you're not letting your stuff get feedback on it, then really you're, you are, Falling victim to your own skill set, to your own opinions, and you're really, really limiting yourself. Once you're going live, now you're giving people the opportunity to tell you, "I like it," "I don't like it," "I love it." What about this, right? So, like, I, I, I look at I look at content as a as a giant feedback mechanism, the same way that I look at networking a room, right? Like, if I can if I can walk into a room of a hundred people and talk to 25 people and those 25 people I can say, Oh man, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, Oh, well that sounds cool. What about this? Right? Like it is, that's that same kind of like level of friction is just see yourself as speaking out, inviting feedback, and then, and then use that as a feedback mechanism. Right? So like if, if you're going live, you know, that it's already out there, you know, somebody already probably saw it. So what's the harm in pressing publish? Right. And at the end of the day, if you do it for 30 days in a row, 45 days in a row, 60 days in a row, whatever challenge you want to put yourself at, um, a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to rapidly iterate and find your voice. Right. Like, like practicing speaking for three to six to 10 minutes at a time, you're going to notice that it's not that big of a deal. Two, you're going to create this like huge library of things that you can now go back and pick the best ones and really perfect them and then and then you know like decide what you're going to do with them and three you know you're 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 going to create all of those opportunities for feedback like you you're you're, you're going to be talking directly to your network you're going to be in this you know i i like to use facebook for it man because i think that facebook has this like perfect mixture of people that knew you 20 years ago that you went to high school with and people that just met you at a conference last week, right? So if you start going live and you start seeing things that that what you're saying resonates from the person that everybody always knew you were to the person that the one that just met you thinks that you are, man, then you're really threading that needle of your zone of genius. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, Bob, to be perfectly honest, man.
0: <laughs> you, you you are and you aren't. And honestly, it doesn't even matter because it was really cool. I, I love that idea of I love it slash I'm like super terrified of it. I'm not I used to be. I used to get really intimidated by any kind of live streaming. But you're right, once you do it, it you realize actually this is just so easy because you don't have to prepare, there's no editing. When you press the stop button it's done, you walk away. Yeah, but nobody and, died.
1: And, and and I can compare it to I can again, right? Like I base all this stuff based on this like nonprofit stuff that I did, right? And like the first couple of times I walked into a, a happy hour networker panel event I was kind of terrified, but by the time you show up to the same event for the fifth time, you know that there's two or three people that you're gonna be able to walk in and say hi to, right? Mm-hmm. And you start and you start devaluing every single conversation as much as just the art and the process of conversation and growing relationships. And the same thing's gonna happen with content, man. Like, at the end of the day, what's happening in our society is that our our communication context, our, the way that we normally communicate with people is evolving into a new context, a la when the print and press was created, a la when radio was created, a la when when television was created. And right now we're attributing the same amount of value to a Facebook Live as we do to publishing a book. But the more you do it, the more you realize it's much more like that conversation at a networking event, right? Like it's that conversation of like walking into a room and picking a conversation with someone. Yeah, man, you're going to have a couple conversations where you feel like a, where you feel stupid about it. Or or, 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 or maybe you didn't say the right thing, or, or maybe you don't like the person that you spoke to. But... The more you realize that it's really just a number of like iteration of the journey through life of conversations that you have, the more you're going to realize, well, you know, man, for every conversation that I have with somebody I don't like, there's probably there's there's two or three conversations of people that I'm like pretty neutral on. And then there is two or three conversations with people that I'm like, man, this person's awesome. I want to be their friend. I want to be in their circle, right? So like the same thing's going to happen with content. And and the the key to it is to continue showing up and continue iterating, right? Because if you if you are putting out one piece of content a month, then that one piece of content really, really matters in your head. But if you're putting out one a day, then then you're able to just take it a little bit more casual, man. And whatever you said yesterday that you feel kind of like messed up about, you can just show up the next day and be like, hey, listen, man, so yesterday I did that, but really, I'm rethinking it. I'm thinking this, and you're already showing your growth on a day-to-day level. And, 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 and whoever is following that journey and whoever sees it is able to, is able to go back and, and catalog that. And then you get into this like effect of like, this is your journal, right? Like if you, if, if you are able to, man, Bob, you know how, how much I would kill to read my dad's journal at 40 years old. Like <laughs> it, it would be incredible. Right. So, or, or, or when i look at like the loose times that i've journaled man like i've got a couple times where like i studied abroad and and that's when i was like really journaling and i go back and i read that stuff i'm like man this is awesome like look at the things look at who i was then look at who i am now look at the things that i still like about myself that's still here and look at how much i've grown right it, it is this just like living catalog of lessons that you can learn from yourself and other people can learn from you so just don't be selfish about it like be be in a service mentality of even with my flaws, whoever sees this can learn from it. And I think that that's the major enabler is to just approach it from a a place of service.
0: I think what I really like about that is something I've found quite often is that something you felt you said that was almost inconsequential can land in ways you never expected. And I've had people reflect back to me years after I said something to them, you know what, that was the most powerful thing anybody ever said to me. Totally. And I'm thinking, really, really? And I've found that particularly on Clubhouse recently. I've, you and I go live on Clubhouse sort of every other week, I think, and it's great fun. And every time we do, I get messages afterwards saying that was really powerful. But yeah, you can't you can't predict how your content is going to land with somebody. So there's a there's a lot of value in volume there. Yeah. And
1: Yeah, listen. It's it's the most natural thing ever, Bob. Like we all, everybody, everybody underestimates the stuff that they already know as the value to other people, right? Like there is, there's this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that I live my life by, which is, in my walks, every man I meet is in some way my superior, and in that I can learn from them, right? So, every everybody's walked a unique journey, right? Like no matter you and I are very similarly aligned in the industry that we're in and the way we think about it but our approach to it is clearly marked by our two different paths that we've gotten to get there. And, and no matter, no matter what it is, you have some insight and I mean, you have a ton of insight, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm immediately fascinated when I met you and like trying to deconstruct that, but like everybody, <laughs> <Good> every <luck>. <laughs> <laughs> everybody has, everybody has some unique perspective experience, um, you know, something that they've worked harder on that they've, that they've thought about longer on that they've, you know, haven't thought about at all. So they ask the dumb question that you just like assume that you shouldn't ask, but everybody has some little bit of value that, that is useful to somebody else. Right. And it's, it seems really easy to accept that about everybody else, but you got to accept it about yourself too. Right. Like my, my first, my first foray into content was making my networking, you know, speaking points, right? I, I originally called them my networking superchargers and within them are some really like high level stuff about how I purposefully will go to the same restaurant for like six weeks.